This month, Cult Cinema Cavalcade takes a two-part look at films featuring former Playboy, Playmate and action star Donna Spear. In this first installment, Spear squares off with Chip star Eric Estrada in Guns. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. The episode you are listening to will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Uh, this is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 118. This is Brandon, and as always with me is your co-hoster, who's got your podcast, asshole, Cullen. I have nothing clever to say. I choked. So this is going to be a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> and in this great episode, we are going to be discussing the 1990 film Guns. Cullen, what's this movie packing? After a failed assassination attempt on her partner, DEA agent Donna Hamilton discovers that the crime lord responsible for her father's death is coming after her and her associates. Guns is written and directed by Andy Sedaris and stars Donna Spear, Eric Estrada, Bruce Penhall, Cynthia Brimhall, William Bowmiller, Devin DeVasquez, Phyllis Davis, and... Danny Trejo! Well, welcome back to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. I hope you guys are all doing great. I hope you enjoyed our October of some uh, haunting frights and uh, Reese's Pieces. I don't know. (laughs) By the way, fun fact. Last episode was episode 117 and it clocked in at one hour, 17 minutes. So congrats to us. And I'm a loser for thinking that was cool. <laughs> How intentional was it, Brandon? It wasn't. I didn't find that out until right before we recorded. So I just looked. I was like, oh, one hour. Because I had this one marked as 119 by accident. I went back and fixed that shit because I'm smart. And now I'm telling everybody about it here that I can't even keep track of our own show right. But remember, years ago... I misplaced an episode, and we worked our way back to getting the numbers in check, which is fun. So, yeah, welcome back to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. Uh, we are here. Uh, we just want to make a quick reminder that we will be part of the live Podcast X going on at Starbase Indy 2020, going on in Indianapolis at the Wyndham Hotel it's a fan-run convention. We will be doing our show at 11.30 a.m. That's our that's our slot, I've been told. Um, I do not think we have seating for this, Cullen. We will sit, probably. Uh, ah, but, great. Uh, according to the mapped-out location from what I've been shown, it will be, will be stationed in a hallway where the people go walking by. So, uh, hope you enjoy that. Um, oh, my. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Should be fun. Maybe you'll be able to hear us, too. But uh, Cullen and I are hard at work. We think we've decided a film, but we're going to keep you in suspense, and we'll tell you what that film is on our next episode or possibly our social media feed before that. Starbase Indie 2020. It should be a fun convention, despite our little snarkiness here, but that's just part of the show, folks. It's it's fun, so looking forward to it. And just so you know, we're not watching Star Trek Nemesis. Just shut up. It's fine. Yeah. It's not that bad. It's not that great. It's fine. It's and fine. It's fine. 
And we don't have time to take a nap. I mean, watch uh, Insurrection for it either. So we'll be oh. we'll be fine. It's like two episodes put together. Yay. But we will be there. I like the window. I've been to conventions there in years past. It's a cozy place. It's not a big, huge convention hall. It's a hotel convention area, and it's, it's kind of comfy, and the, the pizza is edible. Um, but... <laughs> High praise. High praise. But yeah, so we'll have fun at that. Uh, we're now here. We'll, we'll turn gears, switch gears over here to our Thankful for Month, which we have chosen Donna Spear to get us back into Andy Sedaris territory. But first, Donna Spear, I want to point out, uh, she is the star of all but like one of these 12 films playing Donna Hamilton, the DJ agent. Uh, well, actually, if you count Malibu Express, I guess all but two films. And Donna is a former Playboy playmate. Uh, she's an action star in these movies. She's kind of I I enjoy watching her deliver these one-liners, and she gets better with like every film she's in. When there's not enough Donna, I think the movie suffers. You you say get better. She's still very. <laughs> She's a little wooden. Let, let, let's get real here. <laughs> that's part of the fun with her, though. That's, uh, that's, that's kind true. of the fun. I mean, all of yeah. the acting is wooden in all of these movies, though. Yes. Uh, most of these people aren't actors coming in. Like, and that's not a slight on them. That was the purpose of these movies to begin with. Your you're 90s attractive want to be in my movie? Great. Damn. Are you I, literate? You're an actor now. Congrats. I do want to point out one of the most important aspects about Donna Spear. She is a very big helper in uh, women's like recoveries for abuse, drug abuse, physical abuse, things like that. She was one of the victims of uh, Bill Cosby oh. when she was 16 for like three years. She oh. didn't come out about it until after one of the early people that came out about him when he was uh, going down. She's since been an activist about it, helping other women, and she's devoted like a lot of her time to her. She has a book out that you can find, and she's just doing a lot of great work. So uh, more power to Donna, and we salute you in this month for it as we talk about, I'm sure, these films that uh, I guess she still has fun. She goes to screenings of these still. So uh, I mean, it, salute and Donna. It certainly paid her bills. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know what else she was doing at this time, but she was certainly starring in these movies and getting paid for them, so... <laughs> yes, uh, but uh, this also... We get, we're back in Sedaris territory, which I wanted to, because, Cullen, I want to have every episode, every one of these, at least the agency movies, laid down on Cult Cinema Cavalcade. So we're, we're back here. We've, we've swung. And, man, what a difference two years has made since our last time... We did a month dedicated to them. Since then, these are now hitting Blu-ray. Like, we have half of these are now on Blu-ray from Milk Creek Entertainment, who put out the set, the DVD set we all have for, like, five bucks that has all of them stacked onto discs. They're putting them out two at a time. They just put out this one, Guns and Do or Die, um, which will be our next episode. And coming in either February or January, Fit to Kill and Hard Hunted are coming. So we can assume by the end of next year, every one of these will be on Blu-ray. And they're not, here's the thing, they're not overcharged. Like these are going for like five to eight bucks when they come out. So that's, I salute you, I'm just saluting Milk Creek because that's awesome. Because they know we could all get that little DVD pack for five bucks. And these come with now, they come with commentaries and they come with behind the scenes and photo galleries. The behind the scenes, I was quite disappointed with guns. 
as I puffed it on, and it was a lot of uh, Julie Strain and Andy Sedaris just uh, talking about rando stuff and showing behind-the-scenes footage of Savage Beach 2, which is the final film. It was called Savage Beach 2 when they were doing these behind-the-scenes things, but it ended up being called Return to Savage Beach. And Julie Strain's not even in this movie. But yeah, it was, it was a lot of nonsense and not a lot about... Oh, and they had a focus on Playboy videos that the girl who uh, is Eric Estrada's girlfriend in this movie was in. And they were showing clips for it randomly, as if that's behind the scenes of this. <laughs> but hey, they it have bonus pictures now. It sleazy. They're, they're, they're back to their theatrical ratios again. They look marvelous. Somebody's They're doing 4K restorations on these. Amazing. Where you at, True Lies and Abyss? Where you at? Well, like, all these movies are shot in Hawaii, so it's just this gorgeous scenery yeah. everywhere. Really easy to make these pop. But yeah, so, like, a lot of activity on these, and it must be going well. They keep putting them out. So there will be the two that uh, Andy Sedaris' son directs, like, two of them in the middle of this here. because And Andy just produces, and then he comes back and does, like, the last two. But uh, we're here with Guns, the follow-up to Savage Beach. And is it ever a follow-up? As we'll point out here. <laughs> We uh, we have the logo for the movie, which I love. Like, he came up with a logo, and then he's got to put it at the front of the film, and it has the sound effect of guns. Yeah, which is Guns is taking up the entire screen. The words, guns. And it's like... <sighs> it's almost like he's saying, fuck you, this is the name of our movie. Let's get it started. Edie is singing Vegas. She's singing our title song, Guns, at a Vegas show. Oh, God. That song, the song Guns. Now, Brandon, would you say the song is more awful or bland? Is it the worst song she sings in the movie? <laughs> well, it, it, it certainly is the worst song she sings, yes. Now, okay, because she like, sings another one, too. Oh, God, like, it's so bad, like, because she sings it, like, later in the Guns later in the movie, too. And I was listening to it, and I just thought, God, this song is awful. There's another one of these, like... Oh, it's the same song? Oh, God. It was so bad, I forgot how bad it was. You know how bad it is? It sounds like it came off the same album as Vanity's song from Action Jackson. Oh, my God. Like the, that It was... sounds like it would like be the like track five on that album. God, I think that... No, that was better, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I know the song... That she sings in this one, Edie. It's got to be called Guns because she says guns a bunch in the <laughs> in the song. Like the the most appealing thing about the song is that we get to look at her while she's singing it. And this is her first time back since Picasso Trigger. She wasn't in Savage Beach, so she's back here yeah. uh, returning in Vegas. So this must have been where she was. She was in Vegas. I don't know why they keep asking her to sing. Because I guess that's her character, I guess. But it's she... probably not her singing. Like, I'm sure it's someone else. If it's not her singing, why didn't they get someone that could sing better, Brandon? <laughs> and, I don't know, let's just... I'd say the results are... Eh, on the voice, as far as... Like, oh, man, like... Like, I hate to say, you know, like, oh, she's just good for looking at Nazi. Oh, like, I don't want to say that. That's... Like a monstrous thing to say, but it really is the best part of that song. Yeah, Edie does look pretty good in this movie, I will say. We get neon lighted credits. Like, they aren't like people's names printed on paper that are cleverly going by, which is nice. Hey, 
I miss that. I don't care. <laughs> she finishes, and uh, we see Juan Dega. It's uh, it's D- it's spelled D E G A S, but uh, the as he tells some people. He's also known as the Jack of Diamonds. It's uh, Eric Estrada. He leaves the Rio Hotel, goes into a limo, and then there's these two dudes. His one's name's Tito. I picked up that. They're picked up by him. <laughs> They're picked up looking uh, uh, by him, looking for their shot at the big time. And he's hiring them for like a simple assassination. And these guys come highly recommended from a contact in Detroit. And they tell him about their last job in New York. And then Danny Trejo, he's playing Tong. He's in the limo. He's Degas' bodyguard. And he hands the guy a gun as they are dropped <laughs> off by a private jet. And Degas says, my bet is that uh, my bet is that a Smith and Wesson beats four aces. That's like his, his thing. And they fly to Honolulu. He gives them instructions that they will not see each other or talk until they return to Vegas. Danny Trejo's character uh, seems like his main goal in the movie is just to give people guns <laughs> <laughs> he is but guns there yeah, yeah <laughs> shit there are multiple scenes where he doesn't do much other than hand people their weapons that's true <laughs> and also what's up with his hair let's just talk about that Trejo's? yeah like his hair or his eyebrows or something i don't know it looks like he they were dipped in shoe polish or something. Like, I don't know. His, his hair looks like there should be a ponytail at the end of it. And you're like, wait, there's no... Hmm. And like, like, the, way he, like the way his mustache is, like, okay, hang on. Are they trying to make Danny Trejo look like he's Asian? Oh, God. <laughs> right? Oh, because of the Chinese stuff in here. No shit, you're probably... <laughs> and his name's Tong. Oh, yeah, God. Like, hey, oh, how God. about we have this clearly Hispanic gentleman play... An Asian guy. What? Oh, God. The way his hair is slicked back and looks really, really dark. And then that mustache. It, it is, his eyebrows are so Dude, pronounced. I wonder if the one Asian guy in this movie later on is actually Asian because he's wearing sunglasses the whole scene. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, shit. Oh, I that's don't... funny. I bet he is. I bet he is. Tong, is that his name? Yeah, Tong, this Danny Trejo, yeah. Does not sound like a Mexican, because, I mean, I can't remember if Danny Trejo is Mexican. I don't know. He's Hispanic, uh, whatever. That's not a Latin name. You don't remember uh, <laughs> Chichen Tong? <laughs> we get a quick shot of Donna and then some other woman bouncing up from the shore on the beach. <laughs> just randomly, they just show that. And then back at the airport, uh, Dega arrives, and the two goons get in a tiny helicopter. Donna goes back to work. Uh, with her Jeep and her new partner, Nicole Justin. And they, they go to a gift shop where they find they talk to a woman offering a dress. And we find out the partner, Nicole, is having a date with Bruce after they take some cargo to Honolulu. And then Rocky, the owner of uh, Rocky's from Savage Beach, comes in and complains about some things. Uh, then Dega lurks around and informs the goons about the partner and tells the guys to kill the girl trying the dress on and leave a Jack of Diamonds card that says Verdana on it. Now, didn't he just tell them once they get to Honolulu he wasn't going to see or talk to them until they got back to <laughs> Vegas? Yeah. yeah. Except like, oh no, except when I meet up with you guys in Honolulu. Like, they couldn't what? have explained this on the goddamn plane? <laughs> you know, shit, it's a long flight. 
You know, they're flying from Vegas to Hawaii. There's time. I don't think you can fly to Vegas. I think you have to fly to L.A. to to connect to go to Hawaii or to so, San Francisco to connect. So they had to, like, drop down. Well, they were on a private they, they, they were on a private plane, so okay, uh, that yeah. cuts down. But still, there's time <laughs> to go through. Yeah, like, okay, well, well, when you get there, you know, here's a picture of her. Um... <laughs> This is where she tends to hang out. Look out for this blonde. She'll probably kill you. Uh, they, yeah, they give the card that says four down on it. Funny enough, another girl fitting the exact same description of Nicole comes in and tries the same dress on. And then Nicole takes the lei, which she was described as wearing, off and puts it on this woman who brags about going to eat with her fiancé at Rocky's. So uh, Don and Rocky leave, and the goons follow as the innocent woman leaves and goes to Rocky's. The guys go in the women's room to change into their women's outfits that are pretty unconvincing. That's a kind way to put it. Not They sure are wigs and dresses, I'll tell you that. <laughs> they certainly are ill-fitting clothing that they put over their... Bodies uh, that doesn't disguise Mrs. their men. is a swimsuit model compared to these guys. Dega meets with a Chinese guy who we I might not be. I don't, I don't know. His name's Sifu. He's got a mustache, and he offers him uh, the latest in Chinese technology. It's an instrument of beauty. It is an instrument of death. And then <laughs> it's basically a machine gun that shoots a rocket. Like that's. Yeah. It, it's got red stars on it. Uh, well, that way you know it's Chinese. Yes. They talk some deal about shipping guns, refueling planes, keeping the federal agents busy, and making a final payment. That all stuff. And uh, yeah. goons, the goons go in and shoot the wrong woman square in the fucking <laughs> head at, in the yes. middle of Rockies. And they also, they, they just like kill her fiance. Right. Okay, assholes. No one else in the... Well, no, they do They they do shoot Rocky yeah, as Rocky well. Yeah, Rocky goes to... Well, Rocky grabs a gun to stop him, but they shoot her, like, right in the chest and run off. I, I, I love that Rocky was brought in in, like, with Savage Beach or whatever. But they killed the recurring character. That was huge. I was like, holy shit. Well, well, here's the thing. Rocky was clearly brought into this movie, be or, or brought into the uh, the series because Edie was out for a movie or two because she's right. the one that ran the restaurant. That's true. It, that uh, in Hawaii, that is clearly now renamed Rocky's <laughs> and clearly uh, under poor management. I mean, that sign looked like trash. It yeah. looked like garbage. So the movie where Edie comes back, the character that replaced her, killed. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. But I did appreciate. I'm like, holy shit! They killed off a recurring. That's not happened yeah. in one of these. Yeah. So and, and I gotta say, like when you say like square in the head, it was like, like it was really, it was really surprising and shocking and and violent. Good, and I, pretty good effect too. Oh yeah. Like, like I know the movie is called Guns, but this is really one of the more violent, <laughs> I think, movies that they've made. Yeah. 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 No, this one's yeah. This one's more violent. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, like, like, it's pretty ruthless too. Like, yeah. like almost any time someone gets shot, like God, this is so much blood spray. The squib guy earned his paycheck. They were getting a deal with this dude. Yeah, they got a new guy. 
Donna and her partner walk past the goons as they are exiting the restroom, and Nicole notices a tattoo on one of them's hand. Now, keep in mind that tattoo on the hand, okay? I mean, wait, it <laughs> zooms in, like... Actually, you don't have to remember, because they'll, they'll fucking remind you themselves. <laughs> like, they, uh, they should just have a crawl at the bottom of the screen, screen that says, Notice the tattoo! Same tattoo, same tattoo, same tattoo. They then arrive at Rocky's and find everything, including the playing card from the Rio. Rocky is confirmed dead. A woman tells them about two women coming in and shooting up the place. <laughs> they run off and ask the valet guy if... And Nicole has a flash of guy's tattoo as uh, this guy's talking about what happened, and she puts it together that the men coming out of the women's room were the women shooting up. So they get in the Jeep, and, like, for some reason, they know where those guys are going then. Now that they know that they're men, like, they're like, oh, well, let's go. (laughs) And they get in the Jeep. The goons come to the airport, and Dega and Tong sit and chuckle as they pass them and head to the helicopter and take off. Now, here's what I thought. So Dega and Tong are sitting in like the waiting area in the airport, and mm-hmm. these guys don't see them, and they go running p- past them, and and they go to get in the helicopter, and like Eric Estrada's like, ha, ha, ha. I thought they were gonna get in there and it was gonna blow up, right? He's like like uh, that's what I was led to. I'm like, oh, he got him to do the job. He like blew up any kind of connection, and these guys were dopey to to take it on, but no, right? He's just like, ha, ha, you sons of bitches, like that's it. Yeah, it's like, you fellas did it, or what? Yeah, like, I thought he was, they were dead, but no. So they take off in the helicopter, and then Donna and Nicole, uh, or, uh, Nicole gets info about the guys going to the airport and leaving by helicopter from someone at the airport, and then they get to Donna's plane and give chase, and the plane in the plane, they call Shane Abilene, who, we have our first returning Abilene. So we the, knock off a returning character and bring an Abilene back. The guy I forgot was in a different movie has returned. Yeah, so they, they call him to see if they can find out what's up and inform him uh, that Rocky is dead. Like, I think he had a... Didn't he, like, bang Rocky at the pool in the last one? Sure. Yeah. I guess. Because I think everybody went to Savage Beach, but Shane Abilene, like, he stayed back. I think, yeah, I think that's what happened. So uh, the girls then spot uh, the helicopter has landed, and the guys take off in a car, and they fire their silenced pistol at the plane, which seemed really weird to me. Like, I was like, you can take that off? The, you gotta, if you're firing at a fucking plane, you need to go pow, pow. Like, But then they yeah. hide in a tunnel, and it's all over. Yeah, I think the uh, sound of the helicopter will cover up uh, any sounds of yeah. the bullets. But, uh, Brandon, how is it that a chase with a helicopter, a plane, a speeding car, and gunfire can just be kind of, eh, right? <laughs> like, were you engaged in it at all? Like, I, I, was, uh, I, was, I, I was having, I was having some fun, but the 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 problem is the parties are too far from each other to make the chase. Like, right? <laughs> yes. There, there was like zero, uh, like ten, like tension or suspense or excitement, I guess, because yeah, you know, they, they take off from the helicopter, like, all right, well, let's go get in our plane. Like, you take off, like, it no, takes... no, the guys get in the helicopter as they're getting into like the jeep. It's like, whoa, yeah. well, they're already in the air, man. Like... Yeah, yeah, there's so much time in between the two. It's like there's no like, like, oh, they're you know breathing down the back of their neck. Like, no, there's like a full like 
10 minutes of like space between the people like they would take to get to each it's not that no this sucks <laughs> so at the airport they land and meet with shane and bruce and ponder the killing which donna believes is the wrong person and believes it was supposed to be nicole and i just love her watching they're putting putting it all together it's like oh this was found on a dead body They surmise to head to Las Vegas. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, of course, in the plane, Donna and Nicole change their clothes at the back as Shane and Bruce fly it. Like, it's so... like, we haven't shown tits yet, so we should probably get that going now. It's so weird because they're in such a small space. I mean, it's like, you know, one of those... Like how many like... movies have they changed in a plane? Yeah, right? <laughs> it's just such a... It's not like... It's one of those, um, like those charter flights. It's like one of those little, little, like a puddle jumper or whatever people call them. You know, one of those yeah. things. So it's even tighter and more awkward that they're together. And not meant to fly from Hawaii to Vegas. Yeah, right. Are oh, you going to gas in the air too? God. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it is awkward. And it's just like, I mean, I and you don't even like see like that much nudity. So... The thing you're actually trying to do, you're barely doing, so why do it at all? Like, go, you know, go all in or just forget it, I guess. <laughs> in Vegas, some business guy has a cigarette lit by another man who ends up being who I called agency guy later on. Sure. I still don't know his fucking name. Uh, he says, let's go, which means they go to the Rio where Edie performs the song Guns again. And he meets oh her God. backstage, kissing her, so they're they're an item. And he lets her know that he's heard from the agency and that the Hawaii unit is on their way. Uh, we then watch some slow-mo oil wrestling and the uh, agency guys in attendance. And the wrestlers then shower and discuss some things while the agency guy watches. Uh, the, the oil wrestling scene made me feel like I was watching like a biker movie from the 60s, where it's <laughs> just a bunch of gross people yelling at... <laughs> You know, you know, like, oh, women, you wrestle for my entertainment. It just felt gross. Like, like this whole movie, like, okay, we, we know what this movie is. It's a show of attractive women blowing shit up with some intrigue, whatever. Fine, great, fantastic. And some uh, make, top, topless makeout scenes. And some topless makeout scenes. Fantastic. And, like, like this is the one point, like, this feels like we're exploiting them. We shouldn't do this. This is gross. Well, I'm surprised this is the first time, like, this has happened in one of these. Like, this is yeah. film, film number five, and we're at the <laughs> Jello Mud Oil Wrestling. Like, like your surprise, surprise hasn't happened, and then when it's happened, like, oh, it's good that we didn't do this until now. We can just not do this ever again. That'd yeah. be totally Maybe great. if the guys were, like, seated and women were in attendance, too. 
But these guys are like lunged over, like, this is like yeah. slow motion. And like, 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 there aren't that many guys, and the guys that are there are just gross and just yelling at them. And yeah, and then it's I mean, over. you go to your local townie bar and you have the population for this uh, spectator sport. Like, hey, are you gross? I'm gross. You like tits? I like tits. Come on, be in a movie. I get to be in a movie. Can That's I bring that... my Winston lights with me and smoke them while I'm in it? Yes. That's the entire scene. Why was he watching them in the shower? Like, I thought he like... <laughs> <laughs> He's just there and she says something about like a blowjob and... I, I will like, not say, to him. They're just talking about like one of them's boyfriend. Yeah, like they're talking like I don't know. I got to get out of this uh, oil wrestling. It's just, it's not great, or it's gross, or dirty, or something like that. And like the other one talked about, like, oh, so is blowing a guy, but you do that too. I was like, well, I don't think those really. I don't think that's a fair comparison. And then it pans over to that agency guy with his eyes like bugged out, like. What, what, hang on, why are you watching them shower, first of all? And second of all, like, that's the same reaction I would give, too, if I was in that situation. Right. Of course, I also wouldn't be, like, staring at them. Like, I didn't realize he was a good guy. I thought he was there to kill them or I something. Me, I, well, I, at first I didn't know what he was, but once he was, like, the agency call, I was like, okay, he's one of the good guys. Because with, with the ED scene. I was like, okay, he's one of the good guys. Well, yeah, at that agency. point. Oh, you mean where Edie uh, was ignoring him the entire time and then walked out completely topless and just saying, mm -hmm. I'm all ears, and just like, you know, doing the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the I don't know kind of position, you know, with her arms. It yeah. was just like. <laughs> she really knows how to steal a scene, that Edie. Yeah. Also, not the first time in a movie where she just gets undressed and doesn't move the plot along at all. Right, right, right. It's like, well, she's known she's known for that and not singing well, despite being known as a singer in these movies. <laughs> so at his place, Dega tells the goons that they shot the wrong woman. He tells them of Donna and how she's been, been behind the interruptions of his operations. He says he wants to kill Donna himself, and he assumes that they're on their way to Vegas. So he... He's got this floozy girl named Cash who wants to kill for him. He says, in time, my sweet, in time. And so then they, like, bone, but we only see, like, the intro to the boning. We don't, we don't, it's like, she's just on a bed, and Eric Estrada's like, yeah. And then they're like. <laughs> the reason that he he, he uh, was in this movie, probably. Well, that and, um, let's, just, let's just get real here. Anytime there's a person in any of these movies that's even kind of a name, they're doing it for a vacation, right? Right. Because... Well, well, Andy Sedaris said Eric Estrada was really excited at the prospect of being able to play a bad guy in a movie. Oh, really? Okay, well, good for him. <laughs> That's awesome. This <laughs> is like any time. Like, like, Danny Trejo is in this movie, too, and he really wasn't a name at that time. But it, No, like... no, he wasn't. He was no, but... like shortly after he got out of jail. and like, Right. Yeah, but, 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 you know, he there was no one happier. Well... There was probably no one happier on that set than him. He's like, wait a yeah. minute, I get to go to Hawaii, be around all these gorgeous people, and I get paid to do it. Sign me up, man. There's no well, way Danny, he was an excited Danny Trejo, For Danny Trejo, this is like the best at the time. This is like the best he's ever getting, like, you know, he's getting. And he's got to be looking at Estrada like, the fuck are you doing here, dude? <laughs> he's probably like, wait, hang on, like, hang on. Another cool. Hispanic guy? Like, we, uh, I'm usually the only one. There's it another like one here? He's like, cool, I get to put on my resume that I acted with you. What are you getting to put on? 
<laughs> What's this doing for you, Eric? <laughs> so speaking of him, Tong awaits the agency plane at the landing strip or just desert. Where the fuck did they land? Like, I, it looked like... <laughs> right? <they're> like, here! <laughs> and then they take it down. So they load this red chest into, uh, obviously, the production van for the movie and then pull a motorcycle <laughs> from it. And Nicole and Bruce leave on a bike, Donna and Shane by van, and then Tong tells these two goons to go after the bike, and they're in like a, is it like a gyro plane, or what the fuck is this, like this plane, like it's not a gyrocopter. No, every, yeah, every, every one of these movies has some kind of uh, weird looking vehicle in it, it's like, like, because there were those gyrocopters or whatever, like in another one, like, are like these, uh, what like um, like a glider plane yeah. thing Weird stuff. Yeah, like every one of them is like okay, that's like an There's actual a hovercraft ve- in Picasso Church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But almost every one of them, are like okay, I can tell it's a vehicle, but I've never seen anything like that before in my life. Like, the, the I, I, has access to like prototype vehicles. <laughs> that's, that's right. He's looking through Howard Hughes's old sketchbook. Yeah, <laughs> putting them in his movies. One guy's flying it, and the other has the secret super Chinese weapon. So he's firing machine gun rounds at him and dropping bombs. And Nicole and Bruce get knocked off the bike and return fire, as does Shane and Donna. But then Shane, and he's got, like, Shane's got, like, a hand. Like, that gun is, like, comedically huge that he has, the the Magnum. Yeah, no, it, it, looks like, it looks like the kind of gun that when people try to parody Dirty Harry have. That's what it looks like. Exactly. And then Donna but breaks out a rocket launcher from the van, fires it, and it fucking explodes the plane. Now, listen to this. There's a slow-mo shot of this damn thing flying, like, from in the air of Donna shooting it, and it, like, flies right at the camera, and then we get a POV shot of it hitting the plane, and then we get the zoom of the pilot screaming, like, no! And then, boom! It's like, this is fucking awesome no, like, it, it is impressive like i can't believe they got the shot of the rocket coming straight at the camera and it does like a spiral at it too it's fucking sweet yeah it is everything that you would want that scene to be like 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 some of that scene you're like eh, fine whatever i'm just kind of barely paying attention attention to it like but <clears throat> that that capper hot damn when it zooms in on the guy screaming and then it explodes <laughs> like that was flawless. <laughs> I, it was. Oh my gosh, that's like an all timer for any action movie. Like and, I, I, and, I his, oh. and his face. How would how would you describe his face? It looks like a guy who has a, a missile flying at his face. It's. I mean, it perfect. looks like a guy who was like hung over from going to that oil wrestling match the night before. Like <laughs> I gotta fly a fucking helicopter tomorrow and chill. Oh, God damn. That was not how he wanted his day to go. No. <laughs> at all. So in the wreckage, Shane finds the super high-tech weapon from earlier, and he says... <laughs> How does he know this? Am I in a video trying to sell this weapon? Yeah, was, <laughs> I, it ri- was it written on the side of the gun? <laughs> yeah. 
So I guess both uh, the bike and the van are out of commission. So they hitchhike with the California kid. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> do you know who this is? Do you know who it is? Yes, I okay. do know who it is. Okay, that's not what I was going... Please, I was going to go in a different direction with it. Please tell me, who the hell is the California kid? The California... I don't know who the California kid character is, per se, but the actor who's playing him is none other than Christian Drew Sedaris, the son of Andy Sedaris. Okay. Who who will also be the director of a couple of these films coming up. Enemy Gold and The Dallas Connection will yeah. be... He, he directs, but he, he is who the California kid is. As soon as I saw that guy, I thought, like, all right, so he knows... The you know Annie Sedaris somehow that's how he's in this movie. He he knows him because he came from his balls. <laughs> well, great. I'm glad they have that relationship. So <clears throat> I, I looked up the California Kid. Like, is this like a myth or something like that, or is it just some <laughs> crap? They just it was like, well, we got access to this car, and that's basically what it was. But when I looked at the California Kid, I found out that there's a movie. Starring Martin Sheen, called The California Kid. Oh. And Nick Nolte's in this thing, too, okay? And the, the synopsis is, a deranged desert town sheriff has a murderous habit of forcing speeders to their deaths until a young man with a souped-up hot rod arrives to possibly end it. How oh, have my we not, God. How have we not had that on the show? Okay. Martin Sheen and Nick Nolte? Come on. Okay, we are putting it on the list. So yeah, this California kid, he um, proposes marriage to Nicole and then uh, takes them anyway to <laughs> the Ramada Inn. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, God. And you know what's funny when they're leaving and like Nicole's like, gives him like a kiss on the cheek. He's like, nice to meet you. Yeah. And then the next person to come up by him is Bruce. He's like, sup, motherfucker. <laughs> he didn't say that. He's like, yeah. Hey. He's like, that's your woman. He, he was oh, he's marking his territory. There, there, yeah. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he was threatened by the California kid, and how can you not be? What with a bunch of decals that are on his car? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess it's like, like, are, are, is it a race car or an advertisement? Like, what is? Yeah, this? like I thought it was a race car, and then I looked at another angle. I'm like, did he just have like a bunch of fucking stickers on here? Like, what? No, it, it looks like a car that would be in like at a tourist trap. You know, like, hey, look, it's uh, it's a Ripley's Believe It or Not. It's the car that Dillinger raced a ghost in. I don't fucking know what, what it would be, but it would be something like, you know, something ridiculous. Oh, God, yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, the agency meeting then occurs at the London Bridge, and Edie's uh, boyfriend, the, the super looking super 80s at this time, uh, leads the meeting. There's a lot of questions about what the hell is going on. And then there's this fat old guy with a girlfriend who's there all of a sudden. And she <laughs> speaks she speaks broken English. I don't know where these two came from, but they're on the team. <laughs> you know, shit. I was like, oh, the gang's all here. That guy and this guy and her and, and yeah. boobies and, and this and then and someone's, guy. And someone's dad's who? here. Yeah. Some someone's dad and stepmom showed up. Like what? So right. it's Donna and Shane. They go to meet the attorney general, and 
Well, we have learned now that Donna's father was murdered by drug smugglers in South America. The attorney general warns she doesn't want her messing with due process. And as they leave, Shane calls the attorney general a bitch. But then we find out that she's Donna's mother. Yeah. Um, did, did she have her when she was 12? <clears throat> like, or, or two? They look like they're the same age. I think Donna's mom might be younger than Donna. Wow. I... I I was like, I did not. That was a, a nice turn there that I wasn't uh, expecting. Wow! And I think actually, as the movie goes along, she looks even younger. Like to the yeah. point where I had the question: if they got a different actress? That's. I guess we're being super kind to Phyllis Davis because she is twenty-four years older than Donna Spear. Really? Yeah. Does not look like it. No, Phyllis Davis, uh, the actress who plays. Uh, Catherine Hamilton was born in 1940. Donna Spear was born in 1964. Does not look like it. Girl looking uh, good. Girl looking good. Uh, 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 one of them is taking care of themselves, and the other one's Donna. <laughs> right. So uh, the old dude goes, the old guy goes and does magic tricks at the police office with a couple of suspects <laughs> in the interrogation room. Uh he hits a guy with a metal rod when he doesn't answer his inquiry, and he bleeds from the face. And then we, we get this backstory that he's the brother of the agent that died in Picasso Trigger. And one of these guys he's questioning was, like, in the high, the like helicopter that like, killed right. him. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, wait, I've seen this before. I was like, oh, this it was like Picasso Trigger, the random scene where they killed these two dudes. We were like, whatever. It came back. And uh, he pulls out a shotgun and blows both guys away in the interrogation room and just, like, leaves. Yeah. Folks, remember this. He murdered two people in police custody. With How did he sh- get in there to begin with? With a shotgun. He wasn't... No. Your, your bullshit magic doesn't hold an entire shotgun. No. No. It's ridiculous. Where was that shotgun? Like, like it's it's not even like he was like, oh, magic trick. I lift a, a fucking napkin, and now I got a shotgun in my hands. No, it was none of that. It was just there. It was like, bet you didn't see that coming. Well, no, actually, did not. <laughs> not at all. Did you reach into a different dimension and pull out a, a gun? Because that's the only thing I can think of as an actual explanation as to where that gun came from. Were they actually in, like, your magic studio and they thought they were in, like, like Mission Impossible Fallout where they tricked that guy and he's like, ah. <laughs> also, how is every police officer not running into that room when they hear shotgun blast? Yeah, they just have one guy, like, come by and like, what's going on? It's like, oh, you blah, 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 one-liner. Ha! And they walk Yeah! <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> Someone would walk into that room, and go, stop that guy. Who puts those if two nothing in else, the interrogation room together? Yeah, no, sh- yeah, right. What you want you, your suspects to do is to be locked alone in a room so they can collaborate their stories. <laughs> That's what you want more than anything. Tong reports to Dega that the weapon is gone and that two other people were taken out by, quote-unquote, some fat guy with magic tricks. Uh, <laughs> Nic- the most accurate, like, 
Like, yeah, yeah, that, that's the description I'd give him too. I don't know who he is. I don't know who he is either. Like, all I knew was a fat guy came in and started slapping these guys around and you know, threatening them. Nicole is tanning in the desert on a crotch rocket bike, and Bruce now wearing a leather vest and nothing else. Then asked her about her backstory of her testifying to the DA, ratting out a mob boss and befriending Donna's mom, and then Donna's mom assigning her to Donna. And then she and Bruce uh, then, I guess, bone on a motorcycle, <laughs> but it's more like a kiss, and he takes her top off, but, like, when he, he, like, looks like he doesn't know what to do with a woman that's, like, wanted. Like, he's like, take this off, and I guess I touch him. Like, well, yeah, because really... she's on a... F- because they're on a bike and they don't want to fall off. That's true. That's true. Like, it's just, like, I felt like, what a terrible, it's, it's another terrible place for sex. It's another episode where we're talking yeah. about bad places to hump. <laughs> they're trying their best to sell this. It's just like, uh, these two are both like, well, don't knock me off. Well, yeah, no, it, it's absolutely. <laughs> it's just like two people on a high wire. The oil wrestling girl, the champion from earlier, goes to do some recon at a bar and talks to Large Marge, who is played by the same actor who played Seth Romero from Hard Ticket to Hawaii. <laughs> I know! Badass mob, but like, wow. Yeah, the the main villain of this, of, of let's, let's be honest, the best one of these movies is now a cross-dresser in some bar for whatever. Yeah. He's in it, one scene, that's it! Yep. He points out the tattoo on the hand at the bar. Remember the? Do you remember the tattoo? Do we need to rewind our tape to talk about the tattoo hang, again? We got hang it. On. We got hey, it. Hang on. There's a tattoo in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Let's go back. Um, so remember this tattoo that she sees of the guy coming out of the restroom. Uh, it's gonna come in later. Remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah okay. yeah yep yep. That some woman doesn't like how Marge is being treated or something. They break off in a, a fight breaks out and the two goons. Make a run for it and escape in a van, but I guess this was supposed to happen. I wrote down, I'm not sure what's happening in this scene, and who is anyone? <laughs> it is a oh. scene full of people that we don't know <laughs> fighting about something we don't completely understand. Here's the weird thing. Like, I feel like like the cross-dressing thing was like an ad. Like, I, I took a face value like these guys just dressed as women to make things look fucked up when they assassinated that one girl. And sure. then they're like, you know, well, let's just run with this. Cause I'm like, really? Like, well, yeah, like, it's one thing if like okay. these, if these guys, you know, do that, like, Oh, they're the, the stupid guys. And they think like, Oh, we're in a dress. Don't recognize me. I look like a lady. Cause I put on a dress. Like, okay, they're dumb. Fine. Great. But yeah, when other people start doing it too, like, wait, what is, What's going on? Like, do you just think it's funny or? Yeah, well, there's cross dressing in all these mo- most of these movies, so I guess it just goes with the territory. Yeah, but maybe they're like, "Well, we gotta we gotta <clears throat> figure out to get it in here." I do wonder why that the like almost every time that those those dork the dork assassins are gonna do something, they're always dressed as women. And I always think, mm-hmm. why is that their go to move? <laughs> Digga and Tong watch Edie perform a song called Sooner or Later. (laughs) 
she's followed by the magician guy. Like, oh, so that's what he does. He's like the um, halftime show for her her act. And uh, Tong gets up from the table, and Edie has some sparring words with Dega's lady. We then see something is up with Edie's flowers she's carrying. She sits with the agency guy at the table who uh, wants to know about Dega. She describes Dega's girl as... And she describes Tong as wannabe Fu Manchu guy. So I guess they are trying to sell him as Asian. Right. Uh, and she heads away to do her second set. And then Tong confirms the magician as the guy who killed the dudes at the police station. Shane says he's got to go work out with Donna. And the uh, agency dude sends Brown. See, our black guy is named Brown. Uh, <laughs> the bodyguard. Oh, God. Uh, the, the, he, he's the guy who lit the cigarette earlier, too. He sends him to go with Shane. And at the gym, uh, they're working out as Brown instructs them. Like, oh, I guess you need a trainer. And Donna says she's going to hit the shower. And Shane says, ready for a game of drop the soap? To which Donna says, drop this. And uh, we then watch Donna get dressed, and Brown instructs Shane to do 20 reps while he gets some towels. But while he does, ninjas <laughs> arrive in the gym and attack Shane. Ninjas! And Brown busts out of the closet that they locked him in and fights the ninjas. And then Donna shows up with a magnum and says, and shoots one of the ninjas in her lingerie. And Dega is disappointed that the ninja mission failed and says he'll raise the stakes tomorrow. But, wow. <laughs> the mo- this is one of the most random use of ninjas we've ever had on the show. Yeah, right? Uh, at no point, like, we see a we see a Chinese guy in this movie, which, you know, uh, not, for, not known for ninjutsu, as far as I know. It's just so out of nowhere. And I thought, like, oh, it's those two idiots. Uh, the, the, oh, like, okay, so finally, they're not going to cross-dress. They're going to try something different. No, these are, these are two completely Genuine different guys. Ninjas. Genuine, Genuine ninjas. ninjas. And I love that we first see them sneaking up, so you're like, oh, no, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all, like, hunched over, like, sneaking forward. Like ninjas do. They're sneakers. <laughs> so someone hired them, right? <laughs> right. Like, Ve- we don't... Las Vegas Ninja Squad. At no point... Do we ever hear anyone say, like, send the ninjas in? We don't know where these ninjas come from. They Why never come back. For all we know, this could be completely unrelated to the movie. <laughs> this could be... Rather, he can only afford two ninjas. <laughs> this could be a separate thing. This could be someone else getting revenge on the agents. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> So the cross-dressing goons kidnap Donna's mom the next morning, and they leave a card on the driver that they shoot. And we go to the houseboat where the magician's out fishing and having his assistant remote control boat him beers. Uh, Nicole and Bruce are with them and leave to go to dinner. Uh, the assistant is like, hey, I got to go do some work on the PC that's in the houseboat. Dega's girlfriend, Cash, arrives with a tiny pistol and shoots the assistant in the back of the head, leaves a card, and then sends a speedboat with a beer that's attached to a grenade, uh, which he instantly pulls. He's like, baby, this one's for you. And then he goes, boom. <laughs> Big <laughs> not, boom. It's like, not just boom. Kaboom. I think 
Like, and I'm kind of relieved he's out of the movie. Like, all right. Right, because he didn't, like, add anything to the movie. You cut his scenes, it's the same movie. Yeah, because he, mur- like, he doesn't find out... Does he find out any information from those guys that nope. he murders? Cont- other than that we're connected, he's connected to stuff that happened, events from Picasso Trigger. That's it. So, yeah, that, so he didn't Loose look- ends are tied from that movie. So he didn't learn anything. We didn't learn anything that was beneficial because those people died in that scene. He didn't learn anything from them. And then he died a few scenes later. So it makes that... Like, you know what? Like, you could just take his scene in the interrogation room and put it after the credits of Picasso Trigger. There you go. Like, <laughs> yeah. Picasso Trigger, loose ends, taken care of, cut. The explosion. There was napalm in that grenade, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, There's, yeah. That was, like, that was preposterous. It would have taken out a whole forest had there been one tree near it. Yes. Like, like, like f- flamethrowers don't spit out as much fire as what we saw here. It was, like... Like, was there C4 under the boat? Why? It was big. Such a big explosion. Big lunch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was It was a big poppy explosion. Yeah, explosion had my fungal. My fungal uh, Google. <laughs> so Edie and the agency man are at the scene. Uh, she know, Edie notices the scent of Degas' woman from the bullet casing on the ground in the houseboat. No, no. No? I thought it was she, she picked up the casing was like I thought bitch. so too. Oh. But here's the thing, maybe the most clever thing they've ever done in any of these movies when uh she is talking about the the lady assassin talking about how she wears too much perfume, you see her look at the bullet casing and then she's sniffing. She knows it was her because of her perfume. Well, that's <laughs> what I meant. That's what is like the Perfume was somehow on the bullet case. No, 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 no. It's just oh. that she, no, no, she's just holding it. She's not sniffing oh. the bullet. It's just oh, that, that the, the perfume was so thick in the air. Period. Gotcha. I thought it that. was the. I, oh well, I thought it was that. No, no, no. But that, that's oh, okay. that was actually like good. Like they they set that up in a scene like more than some of the other Sedaris movies. There's so much stuff in here where you're watching like, that's not going to be important. I don't give a shit. Fuck, shut up. And then it actually does like come back later like, oh, oh, wow. Good Yeah, this job. was all about that shit. <laughs> like, yeah, there were multiple times, like, I think this is probably like the best instance of it, but there were like, multiple times it was like, damn, like, well, good yeah, like, for you. Well, I mean, this one does that, and this one also, like, connects to other movies, too. Like, it does, like, unlike yeah. the other ones, they're just like, yeah, here's Donna again. Like, that's, that has, like, that's, that has more than that. Speaking of Donna, her and Shane show up with the rocket launcher chest, the houseboat. The team have a meeting on the houseboat, and um, houseboat computer, on the computer they find all about these special guns from China and how they were the same ones used in something that happened in South America. They then realized that they were led to Las Vegas to keep them from stopping these guns from being run through Hawaii. And uh, the agency man gets a call about Donna's mom being kidnapped. Dega then goes to a trailer where Donna's mom is being held hostage. And apparently Dega was some guy thought to be dead. He then, uh, does it, we assume he rapes Donna's mom. Yeah, that's... Hey, they don't show mm. much. They show him, like, he being gross around her, but, like, the way it ends is like, oh, they're going to do more. Like, they don't... Yeah. 
And, the, and that's too bad. I think these movies... And then are... he never, like, brags about it later. It's just like... Yeah, it, it, it's, it's kind of unfortunate. You know, these movies have really, you know, even with all the constant nudity in these movies, they really have avoided that kind of stuff so far. And then, you know, and then this happened in this movie. Like, ah, that's... It wasn't like too bad. super brutal or anything. No. It was just like the idea of it was I, heavier yeah, than the. And, than... And, and it's also because, you know, we've watched so many movies where, like, we're having a good time and then all of a sudden, oh, no, woman's being assaulted. Like, ah, that's yeah. not. Ah, yeah. why'd you put that in your movie? So that, that's part of it, too. <laughs> right. Uh, so everybody at the agency boathouse meeting then gears up. Edie then goes right for Cash, who is in a towel at home and keeps. Shooting mirrors, although how can she not tell she's standing right in fucking front of her? Like, Beth, you're not in a house of mirrors. You're in the bathroom, and she's standing in the doorway. It's right. She's not surrounded by mirrors. There's a window behind her, so we know who the real idiot So, like, like, all right, you just wanted an excuse to make it look, you know, neat, but you couldn't pull it off. It did no. not. Just, you have to work with what you have. Don't. Don't do that. And by the way, this scene also contains, I'm not going to say the best line in the movie, because there are multiple very good lines, but... I picked up on your son in the magician's houseboat. He always did have a tendency to overdo. I picked up your scent houseboat. Yes! <laughs> that is a sentence said in this movie. Just... <laughs> I picked I up your. Use that in life now. It's beautiful. I picked, I, I picked up your scent because she literally picked up her scent. <laughs> she picked it at the magician's houseboat. <laughs> I. The concept of a houseboat to begin with, come on, comical, and then the idea of a magician owning a houseboat. Like, well, where else would they live? Of course, they live in a houseboat. <laughs> Oh, they're not gonna live on land like a regular person. No, clouds aren't possible. So we're gonna we're gonna live on a houseboat on the water. <laughs> so Edie, yeah, the cash runs out of ammo. Then Edie feeds her a line about being out of ammo. It's like a dirty Harry esque line. Shoots her. This was not part of the plan, by the way. The rest of the group makes plans <laughs> to attack the hotel. Like, I thought this was like her mission of it. No, Edie's yeah, like, like rogue. No, right the, the, here. The pl- oh yeah, well yeah, that part is the plan they have is still pretty vague too. Yeah, I don't know how it. Yeah, Dega finds Cash's dead body and assigns killings to people and asks that Catherine be brought to him. The team takes their positions. Edie informs Agency Man what she did, and uh, he lets the group know that Dega might go a bit more berserk because of this. Uh, the motorcycle. Uh, <laughs> Heads up, uh, one of her agents made it worse. The uh, motorcycle team, uh, Nicole and Bruce, uh, makes a stop for sandwiches uh, at a casino lobby. And because <laughs> it's like an ADR, like, he's like, I got to stop for sandwiches. <laughs> and what was their no, no. task? Like, I know. No. Oh, no, they were supposed to go stop like a shipment. So they come into like later. But at this point, I'm like, what are they fucking doing? I don't. I don't and he's like, know. I got to get sandwiches for the road. What? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna casino. I'm gonna say that they forgot to shoot a scene or something and like ah just throw this in there. Just put that line in there. So uh Nicole goes to the bathroom there, which has the two crossing dressed killers in it, and she spots Cullen, do you remember the tattoo on the one guy's hand? 
That's how she recognizes them. Hang, hang on. There's a tattoo in this movie? Yeah, hold on. Let me. So Large Marge at the bar points over to the guy at the bar. He's got the tattoo, Cullen. You remember when the tattoo was in this movie? The there's tattoo? A, there's a tattoo in this movie? Yeah, hold on. Let me go back. So as they pass the women's room, there's a guy. She notices one of the guys coming out. He's got the tattoo on his hand. So we're going to need to know that for later. You're going to have to remember that, Cullen. It's, it's possibly going to come ta- up later. Tattoo on the hand. Tattoo on the hand. Mm-hmm. Got it. So you remember the tattoo now, Colin? Yeah, I remember the tattoo now. Okay, okay, okay. We're good with that. So she shoots one of the guy at the, the sink. Uh, one of them hides in a stall, but Bruce busts in, and they gun down the dude in the stall. And he goes, And crickets. Tong is spotted with uh, the mom in the rear, uh, going in the rear entrance of the hotel. Uh, something comes in from Washington and uh, for Edie and her boyfriend, and uh, Donna takes the rocket launcher with her into the hotel against orders. Uh, Daga taunts uh, via walkie-talkie as Donna and company search his room. Uh, he has Donna's mom at gunpoint uh, on Edie's stage uh, at the casino, and Edie and the agency guys show up with new developments. And uh, the oil wrestler, who's waiting outside, Brown, and them enter the hotel. Uh, Donna and Shane approach the stage. A shootout begins with Shane and Tong backstage, and then Shane trips and falls and loses his gun, but it fires, and a rig falls on Tong, killing him. And man, his dead fucking body looked cool. It looked hurt. It was badass. Well, I love that he shoots, or the gun goes off, and like that sandbag falls next to Danny Trejo. He's yeah. like, ah, I got you. And then the whole rig falls on him. I didn't, I didn't see it coming. It was so, and it, like you said, it was. I thought Donna was going to save him. Yeah, it, it was so fast. The way that lighting rig just completely collapsed his body. Yeah, like, damn. And it was great because that gunfight. It was a gun chase or gun walk. It was not yeah. super interesting, but that was a but wow. The payoff. Well, yeah, just like that um, that chase scene with uh, where the helicopter exploded and the zoom in on the guy's mm-hmm. face. That see the 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 chase, pfft, the ending, chef's kiss. Yes, uh, Dega then shows up in front of Donna with her mom at gunpoint. Uh, he's the man who killed her father, and he points a laser aimer at Donna. He says his guns will be at the beach in four hours. She hits the trap door from the magician show that's on the stage, dropping the mom into it, and she goes, My guns get through Molokai, and I'm on the beach now for four hours. Fires all four rockets. Into Eric Estrada. So, she shoots four rockets on a stage at Eric Estrada. How far away well, would like you say three Eric... foot away? <laughs> <laughs> and her mom is just under the stage. And there's nothing, like, nothing's blocked or anything like that. There's just a big open hole in the floor where, you know, flames and debris could get in as well. How is everyone not dead? And the stage is intact. And the stage is intact. Are are they Asgardians? Is that why they're fine? 
everybody shows up and Donna tells him it's all over. And I think I would have, I would have liked, you know, fiction, whatever. Uh, so she doesn't get burned in the station. Again, but, but wouldn't have been funny if they all came in and like, she was just like covered with like guts. <laughs> Third degree burns. Like she's, she, or she's got like an umbilical cord wrapped around her and like, just like got him. <laughs> Just holds his wig in the air, and-, and her mom slowly comes up from the trap door with like, like freaking blood all over her, and just like pieces, <laughs> of, pieces of like human. Like, she's just, she's just crying. Yes, I'm uh, never gonna be Attorney General. I quit. I'm done. So we then cut to Nicole and Bruce at and the military as they stop a Chinese gun shipment. That wraps up that part of the story. But then here we go. Donna and Nicole are running at each other on the beach, and then they high-five and then hold, like, an arm wrestle pose, and the credits roll. <laughs> it was... Like, it was, like, the Tango and Cash ending of Andy Sedaris movies. They There's so many perfect, wonderful things about it. They're in bikinis. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's just shameless how... It's like oh, this blue night... Yeah, you know, it, you know, it's like a, like sunrise or sunset, and like I said, they're on the beach and they run at each other. It's not, and, and, if, if this scene were to happen, if there was some kind of like uh, natural flow to it or something like that, it wouldn't be as awesome. It it literally goes from we caught the people, uh, they're running guns, we caught them, great, cut. To them running on the beach towards each other. Like, there's no transitions. Like, hang on. Like, how much time is... What is... Huh? And the movie's over. Oh, my God. Just, I absolutely yelled out, yes! That's how you end a movie. It is perfect. It is like, this is gonna... This is gonna... End right now. Yes! Yes. Uh, my only complaint is that uh, the credits ended with the song "Guns" again. Yeah. Oh, well, my I mean, these, they they have their songs and they they stick like, to them. I know, I know. The movie is called "Guns," and it's the credits, so it makes sense to play that. It's just so bad. It's just. It's just so bad. So if with the songs in these movies, this one is uh, a fifth place for you. Uh, sure. Five. Yeah. I, I guess. I, I guess I don't remember any of the other songs, so I guess they're all on a similar level. None of them have made me as upset as this one, though. Maybe it's because it opens the movie. Maybe that's why. And it's, yeah. you know, that and it's supposed to be the theme of the movie and it's forgettable and bad. Wow. I'm excited to see what they do with Do or Die next time. The song should be Do, 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 or Do, die. or Die. Yeah. We'll have to see. That's the end of this movie. What an adventure. Uh, go, hailing from Vegas and Hawaii this time. Not a lot of Hawaii this time. Was it very Vegas? They, they're not the first time they've been to Vegas in one of these, but... Right. Uh, the... The weakest Sedaris movies are the ones where they're not in Hawaii very much. I don't know. It's just something. It's it's another character in the movie. Now it comes to the point where we rate the movie we just watched. As we are cults in the cavalcade, we keep things nice and culty. 
our ratings are as follows. Stay with your family, which means uh, stay in Hawaii. Don't want to go to Vegas. You're done with it. You don't care about this mystery. You're staying home. Uh, converted, which means you're uh, willing to take this job for a guy named uh, Dega, with a S being silent. You're, you're fine to do it. Or drink of the Kool-Aid, which means you are uh, buying all up all the albums you can of guns by Edie. So Colin, how do you rate guns? <clears throat> well, first of all, the movie makes good on its title, which I'm very much in favor of. So thank you to that uh, for that Annie Sedaris. And uh, this is um a lot like the uh other ones like if you're going to watch this, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get explosions, you're going to get ridiculous vehicles, and uh, you're going to get mostly naked people. So on that front, pretty good job. Uh, uh, there are parts where it just drags, though. And like that's the thing that all of these movies suffer from is the plots. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, we're all like, like there'll be, you know, some, air quotes, <laughs> right? Like there'll be some actions. There'll be some action. There'll be some explosions. And then it'll be like followed by like five, ten minutes of you know of an exposition dump. You're like, what? I don't. Uh, and then there's a car chase. So I, I do think that this kind of suffers from that. But at the same time, it does. I mean, they all suffer from that. Let's be honest. Um, but overall, not not the best, not the worst. I I'm uh, gonna say that I am converted on. Ugh, I'm converted on the movie guns, Brandon. How do you rate guns? Guns was it was. I was nice to step back into the Sedaris fold, um, and this one felt like it was. There was like a step up in some of the production qualities with this one a bit. It just was a nicer looking film. I there, there was a section in this movie where things just kind of chilled out for too long. I, it was like where they're like, "Hey, these characters need to hook up or just chat about shit." That should have been kind of interspersed with more actiony things happening because it's a Sedaris movie. Um, but this one has um, a what the fuck factor of it that I don't think has been as strong since Hard Ticket to Hawaii, like the ninjas and the magician and just random stuff that. I think Hard Ticket, that was a strength of Hard Ticket that didn't appear in Picasso Trigger and didn't appear in Savage Beach, but is sort of back here in like a new way. It's funny to see like Eric Estrada in this movie. Danny Trejo is awesome. He's a real treat in this. Um, might be the best performer <laughs> in the damn movie. It's bloodier. It's still ruthless. It's fun. like, I had a lot of fun with guns. I probably got to go. It's hard because we've got what this is five. We've got seven more of these. So do I rate it like too high? And like, what if it ends up being like you know top this, and I've rated it low, or I don't know. Maybe what the end when we finally cover them all, we'll go back and talk and like do another assessment. Like not watch them again, but just talk on our experience and our fond memories. But I'm gonna go convert it on this one, though. By the end of things, it could be one of the Kool Aid ones. Because I really, I really did like it. I wouldn't mind watching this one again. This one, I think the perceived fan wisdom is that this is the second best one. Which I'm like, what do we have for seven more films? I don't like, know about that. Well, no, I'm saying perceived fan wisdom. I'm not saying your you should think that, Cullen. I'm saying the general. No, no. If you pulled a bunch of people, I think I pretty. I think Guns is considered the second best one. 
No, what I'm saying, Brendan, is the fans are wrong. Well, they can be wrong. I'm saying, like, the general... So <laughs> I know, I know. We're f- stepping outside my own viewpoint, seeing what that's it. But I'm like, uh, should I be worried about what's going on? Or maybe I'll like something more than what people do. But I think... I'm not too sure of what lies ahead, personally. Who knows? The next one has Pat Morita in it. Who knows <laughs> um, how this goes? But, yeah, so guns, yeah, we had a good time. So hopefully they continue. Um, I think what the the lowest point right now has been Picasso Trigger. Yes. Yeah. Question but mark. He, but even that one, like, out of context could be fun. It's, it's just that one's just like, well, I've seen all this shit before. I think that's how we were on that one. So, yeah, we'll, we'll keep trucking on. Best part of a fantasy is someone special to share it with. Don't you agree? Well, now you can find that special someone with just one simple call to 1 900 933 5000, and it's only 49 cents per minute for adults 18 and over. Enjoy the fun of meeting someone new. Call 1 900 933 5000. Dreams can come true. The right woman can make all the difference. Call now. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we continue being thankful for Donna Spears. We move on to her next appearance in one of these agency films with Do or Die, co-starring Pat Morita. I love the randos that show up in these. So thank you for listening, uh, of course. I hope you like the Andy Sedaris movies as much as we do. Um, They they tend to get a little bit more traction. That's not why we do them. We just do them because we like them. Just a reminder about Starbase Indy coming up the Friday after Thanksgiving. So if you're around in town, if you live in Ohio, drive on down. Come stand in the hallway and listen to our show and then pick up some merch and drive back. I don't know. But yeah, we'll give more information. We'll tell you our movie very soon that we'll be talking about, which kind of relates to it. And remember... As the song says, don't play guns. They ain't much fun. Unless it's love, then you tell me I'm the one. <laughs> Wisdom. <laughs> we look forward oh, to next God. time. But, but first, stay tuned for the trailer to Do or Die. The trailer. That actually trails. Do or Die. A new kind of game. I have hired six teams of assassins. You are their quarry. Pat Morita stars as Kane, an international crime lord with a scored assassin. You are dead. Nothing to it. Right. Starring Eric Estrada, Donna Spear, Roberta Vasquez, Bruce Penhall, and Pat Morita as Kane. We get hazardous duty pay for this. I hope we live long enough to spend it. Do or die. Get the job done. Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. Follow CC Cavalcade on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to the show on cultcinemacavalcade.com, iTunes, and anywhere podcasts are found. For press opportunities, advertising opportunities, and more information on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, contact mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Produced by Brad Shoemaker. Edited by Brandon Peters. Narration by Rebecca Peters. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf appears courtesy of the freemusicarchive.org network. The film and music featured in this episode are part of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Join us again in two weeks for a new episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade.
But you just want to lose me, though. I hope Prince cause more trouble. So what? We'll kill them both. Yeah, do the one special.